Well, hey, I'm Connor. Hey, I'm Rutledge. And we are Friends Stream Sports. We're here tonight, ready to roll. Rutledge, how are you feeling? How's, how's everything going up there in Augusta, Georgia? It's going good. Um, obviously, we're doing a Zoom show tonight, so the Augusta internet wasn't playing well with me this evening, but doing good, getting out of there, drinking some water, having a good day. How about you? It is one of those water kind of days. It's been a little hot. Uh, for those who've been following me on Facebook, um, I may or may not have super just called Rutledge out on my Facebook story. So go check out my Facebook. Uh, go subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. Good to see you, my man. Um, and yeah, we're, we're getting into that summertime, which means a lot of sports, man. Your, your ESPN and Fox Sports and everything must be pretty hot these days. There's a lot of heat coming around, and I know we didn't plan to talk about this, but I think there's some heat in Tuscaloosa, as I believe Nick Saban has found the elixir of life and must be chasing the next record, which is to just coach longer than Joe Paterno and Bobby Bowden at this point, because did you see that contract extension? Until 2028. 2028. Clearly, Mrs. Saban likes her full-time job as a grandma, while pop-pop Nick is just off yelling at 20 year olds you know i'll share a joke that my dad tells he says you know my wife married me for better or for worse but not for lunch what that means is that there could be a situation where uh you know mama saban said you know what nick you get to go spread all of your joy to the alabama practice facility throughout the day and don't come home until you've spread all the joy that you can. And then I'll be here waiting for you. Wow. I'm pretty sure your dad told that joke at your rehearsal dinner when I was there. He's been telling that joke for a while now. <clears throat> He's just about as old as Nick Saban. So that kind of makes sense. Maybe it's like a, you know, birth year kind of thing. Maybe it's a birth year. Maybe it's something in the water. Something, something in, the in the water, but uh, well, speaking of water, Rutledge, uh, the nice Rocky Mountain glaciers led to a United States victory over Mexico in a tournament final on Sunday night. It was huge. Christian Pulisic really showed that he was an addition to the team. Um, there's a lot that they got going on for them, you know. Um, it, was, it was good to see that the United States men's team was able to stand up and make this kind of victory, especially since they're playing so many games, getting ready for that World Cup qualifier stretch. So mm -hmm. it's good to see them bring any, any victory for the U.S. men's national team, especially still recovering for those of us that follow it for missing the last World Cup. is good to see. Um, I will say, I know this is jumping ahead a bit, but I'm also excited to see that Walker Zimmerman got called up to join the national team when they play Costa Rica. Because as we've talked about in our prior show, we're still looking for defensive options. So it's, you know, it's good to see, even though, hey, we won, we got the medal, we're not settled. We're still really working the squad, really trying to find that 11. Well, so yeah, Rutledge, who do you think is going to be that other center back pair, right? Because Walker Zimmerman, he's, he's going to go play center back. So who's going to be, who are some folks who you think are in that center back potential to partner with John Brooks? there in that defensive middle um 
You know, it's got to be, you know, John Brooks, maybe we bring back Mark McKenzie, move him out of the midfield and put him more into a center back position. I know him and Brooks can work up and down the field, mm. but do we transition him in a different position? Um, I know he, of course, had that bad play, led to a goal by Mexico, but um, we definitely are not a team right now that needs to worry about the front of it. You know, we're starting to get that strong nine identity, starting to get a little bit of that striker presence to where they can start to make some plays but it's really holding the defense because we can hang on this side of the world. But once we start hanging with South America, or even when we start playing with some of Europe, I don't think we're ready on the defensive ball that we're just going to get taken out to lunch. Yeah. You know, you've got, uh, you've got, and, and this is something that we can chat about here even right now. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. This is our first teaser of the night. This is Connor and Rutledge working on teasers. Uh, so on a scale, speaking of Mark McKenzie though, Rutledge on a scale of not starting in big games anymore to not selected in the team anymore, how big of a defensive blunder was Mark McKenzie's, uh, blunder that led to that first Mexico goal? I mean, there's a lot of pressure on this team. So any blunder is a big blunder. You know, this, this team's got, the country is starting to really evolve and being, you know, a soccer nation, like we, we've always loved the sport, but this year feels different. There's a lot of pressure on it. So you can't make those blunders. You can't, um, this leadership is showing that you just can't make those mistakes. This is an old U.S. soccer where, okay, yeah, we'll let you go because you're all we have left. The depth is better and there's people we can try to pull from. So I think it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. The, uh, I think that, I don't, I don't think Mark McKenzie is probably lost his spot in the team totally but you know just like and this is where you and I will differ I still don't think the United States has a striker yet I think they've got some guys who have a few guys who've kind of separated themselves and a few guys that could have separated themselves that didn't uh, but in the same way you know uh, and I believe Mark McKenzie played center back uh, on Sunday night you know, he's a guy that could have really cemented himself or done a good job to cement himself into that center back position. Uh, but, you know, struggle. But, you know, hey, we're only human. He'll probably get a few more chances this summer with a ton of games coming up. Uh, you excited for the Gold Cup? Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be big to see and see what sort of happens. I'm also excited for when they play Costa Rica this week, even though it's just a friendly. How do we continue to pivot? What do we look like for that endurance of those long, that long stretch of continuous games? So they're going through a little bit of the ringer, but I feel like they can handle it. And what's interesting, FIFA or even Kami Ball, right? You know, some of those games in Costa Rica is a little bit better than some CONCACAF sides. I, I think I saw a game the United States played against Martinique that, I mean, looked like a middle school stadium uh, that they were playing at. And the grass was like five inches tall. And it just, you know, kind of, there are some CONCACAF games that I think maybe, although the quality isn't like you're playing in the Euros and, you know, you got, you know, this super team versus this super team, you know, the you can you can go down into into uh, you know kind of that Trinidad Tobago Panama uh, Costa Rica those kind of sides and 
you know, Kaylor Navas is Costa Rican, right? I mean, uh-huh. he's no slouch, uh, but I mean, it gets chippy. Guys will be physical and there's, there's a toughness that, that I think there's some value there, especially with young guys there for the U S side. Definitely some pivot, definitely just showing that they have something to prove. I like this team or at least the foundations of where it's going. So speaking of foundations, in your opinion, who are, who are the guys that have already, who are some names that you say this person, if we're best 11, like if we're playing Germany or Brazil or Argentina tomorrow, who are some guys that you're saying they're in the lineup? No questions asked. I definitely want to bring up um, some guys with an international experience. So Pulisic, Daryl DK, want to have Zach, Zach Steffen out there. Um, defensively need John Brooks, Gio Reina. Those are just some of the guys that I would be like, all right, if these aren't on, I feel stressed. Mm-hmm. So feel good about those guys on the pitch. Who would you put out there to make sure you're good about? Yeah, I think for sure, uh, Christian Pulisic, right? I think his big thing will be interesting. And let's remember Tyler Adams uh, was not playing last night. I think he's still hurt. Uh, but I think Pulisic out there on one of the wings, uh, which if you're playing a 4-3-3, probably in my opinion, the only one of the forward three positions that is totally booked. I think Tim Weah still has some opportunities to make some, uh, you know, make a case. I think, you know, between Daryl DK and Josh Sargent, I think those are probably kind of your two guys that are still going to duke it out to who's going to be striker. I think on an MLS guy, I love watching Paul Areola play because he flies around and, you know, he might not be the most technical guy, but you know, he's, he's fast and he's going to, he's going to be a problem for defense. I think in the midfield, I think that's where the U.S.'s best position right now, which is a true sign of us progressing as a soccer country and uh, our progression as a team. I think between Gio Reina, um, Weston McKinney, and in my opinion, even though he's been hurt, I, I would say you, you, you play Tyler Adams in there. You got guys between McKinney and Adams that can play a variety of positions that can really make an impact. And Gio Reign is just really, really creative on the ball. Uh, in defense, I think, uh, you know, I think John Brooks is probably the only one that for sure has it. Two weeks ago, I would have said Serginio Dest, uh, but he's, he's struggled. I think he's, you know, I think, uh, he's had some issues there, um, but in, in between the pipes, got to take the tip of the cap to Evan Horvath, but Zach Steffen is, I think he's our number one keeper uh, for sure. Um, you know, he's, he's seemed more comfortable in there uh, throughout the course. So, uh, you know, the, the lineup is getting there, but I think there's still some questions to be asked and some things to work out. Definitely a lot of work to do, but you're right. Huge moment for Horvath, at least. Like, it'll be one of those uh, very solidified moments in U.S. soccer history. Mm-hmm. Flipping over on the soccer side, just a quick MLS update. Of course, there are not a lot of games right now due to all international play going on. But as leads on both sides of the league, Seattle leads the West. New England leads the East. Connor, who out of those two teams do you feel like is the more put together of Seattle and New England? Well, Seattle is on pace to like score more points than any team in the history of MLS. Uh, they've started out really hot. Uh, they're just a really well-run organization. So I think, I think the Sounders, you know, have it, have it really going on. Uh, New England led by Bruce Arena 
Um, you know, their coach, you know, he, he's definitely got the experience, but, you know, if you were to put New England versus Seattle, I'd be very confident uh, that the Sounders would, would go ahead and take that. Yeah, definitely. I feel the same way. Seattle looks really, really good. Um, <clears throat> surprisingly, Charlotte is, well, not surprisingly, but Charlotte's hanging in there in the standings. There's a decent amount of, clear, of parody going on. We'll see what the summer brings for Major League Soccer because that separates who does from who. Of course, the teams that play outside of the Southern humidity seem to fare better, except for Atlanta, who has to sit inside in a, what is a very pretty stadium, but I think an unfair advantage that you have air conditioning and different LED lighting. Yeah, that's true, but they do, they do, they do tend to have uh, more night games if you're further south. So for, for folks like me that go to bed, you know, right when the sun, you know, go to bed with the sun and rise with the sun. Uh, 9 p.m. Orlando City starts are not my favorite things. No. I got up at 6 a.m. today, Connor. You'd be proud of me. How was it? It was, I went, I worked out, and then afterwards, I didn't know what to do. There was so much, like, morning left. I was like, do I go back to bed? Do I have another breakfast? Like, I just didn't know what to do with all my time. You could have read a book. You could have yeah. gone on a walk. You could have done some stretching, maybe some some post-workout calisthenics. I definitely enjoyed my coffee. I'll put it that way. Good. I had the time to not just, you know, stick it into my veins and hope for the best. I can enjoy it. Oh, well, that is, uh, that's true. And, and, you know, one person, Rutledge, and I don't know if you have any other soccer thoughts to share, but uh, one person that, can really take his time sleeping in this summer for the, at least for the next month until he joins the teen squad as LeBron James as we enter into our second quarter. Oh, King James and that press conference and to see how he got asked a question and was just done and transitioned off to talking about Space Jam. He's basically said, guys, it's the start of my summer vacation. Go see my movie. We're done here and then walked away. Um. LeBron doesn't make the playoffs, and I will say it's not – it didn't look like, like a Cleveland LeBron to where it's, oh, hey, here is this absolute dynamite talent. There's just no one around him. It was very much a different LeBron to lose. Um, Connor, do you think LeBron was at 100%? No. Uh, I know I was ragged all up and down for LeBron playing well. First off, can I share a quick hot take or should I save it? No, you can share it. Uh, I'll share. I'll share. There's, We're all there's a sharing. hotter take coming at halftime tonight. We, yes, yes. Uh, I think, here's my hot take. I think that because LeBron made that statement during his press conference the way that he did, I think that that is going to be footage that's going to be used in Space Jam 2. Oh, that could be a really good trailer. Call call me. I have, you know, we don't have that many sources in the sports world or the movie world, but that's my hot that that's a hot take. I think that's I think a, we might see that resurface with like Bugs Bunny in the background or the Goon Squad in the background. Uh, but you know, I you know, LeBron even said he's like, I'm gonna let my ankle rest up for a month. You know, he, he was hurt. Uh uh, he's, he's an old guy for NBA standards. He's an old guy. Um, and that's okay. 
And he was asked to carry so much, especially because Anthony Davis was dealing with his nagging groin injury that, you know, in this, in this part of LeBron's career, it's, you know, it, it really is, um, he, he doesn't, he can't carry the whole team by himself. He's done that a ton. He, he couldn't win a title when he was asked to carry the whole team by himself in his prime when he could like sprint up and down the court all night and do windmill dunks and like grab basketballs off the backboard. You know, circa this LeBron that is still a fantastic basketball player, he can't do that. So, no, I mean, it, it was, it kind of shows LeBron is, is, he's still really, really good. He's really into his business dealings. He's really into movies. Uh, he's, he's kind of trying to set him, he's trying to set himself up to be a billionaire, which is awesome. Go him, Mike mm -hmm. is, but, um, you know, in terms of the basketball stuff, there's part of you that wishes he would have at least seemed a little bit more sad about losing. Yeah. looks like he was just ready to get some rest, but we're definitely going to give our LeBron takes a little bit later in the show. Um, we have a bunch of viewers out here tonight, Connor. I want to give a shout out to Pilot Cruiser Raider and Crowhe TV is back again watching the show. So thanks for coming back second or third week in a row for all of us we on our podcast. You. For all of us out there on our podcast, this is Friend Stream Sports live Tuesday night, eight o'clock on Twitch. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitch, find our podcast. There's so many ways that you can get into our content and we can be a part of your life. Yeah. So let us be there for you. We're nice. We're nice people. We're good people. Something else is good is we're in the next round of the playoffs. And I would say the from when we did our, our together show, the first round, which was supposed to be kind of exciting, really got huge exciting. And that kind of turned around with the Clippers. Mm -hmm. I will say I was very surprised to see the Clippers come all the way back against what looked to be a more complete Dallas team that, in my opinion, fizzled out. But now you have um, the Jazz and the Clippers getting ready to face off in game one tonight. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, the big question there is, you know, will the inside-outside game of the Jazz make the difference or will the wing firepower of the Clippers be the big thing? Uh, Kawhi played – it wasn't just Kawhi that played out of his mind uh, in game six and seven, but also, uh, you know, Paul George played better than he has in the past in the playoffs – which was huge uh, in terms of the quote number two guy, you know, Paul George was awesome and Dallas really couldn't match that. Uh, I think that we need to, you know, see just how are the Clippers going to try to neutralize Rudy Gobert? I think uh, if, if kind of the, the center position, if you will, can be a wash, you know, I don't think the Clippers have anybody in one person to match up with Rudy Gobert, but you're playing guys, different minutes, getting a good rotation on Rudy Gobert, throwing him a lot of different looks to kind of neutralize him on defense. You know, I think that could be a big key in this series because uh, the Utah Jazz are going to be pretty well disciplined. They're going to play some defense. But, you know, if you try really hard, that's okay. Kawhi Leonard could still go all claw on you and uh, and just go bananas. So. It's really, to me, that series really depends on how full out Kawhi Leonard goes. And it's not saying that he won't, but are we going to see willing the Raptors to an NBA championship Kawhi Leonard in this series? Or is he trying to save that as he goes down the stretch? 
I'm really excited to watch this Denver and Phoenix game. And I really think it's going to be all about um, Chris Paul has a hump to climb over. You know, he he's done well in his career, but he's only done but so well. And um, how far is it that this team is going to go? Um, I like this team. I think Devin Booker is going to be a key piece in the success to Phoenix. I think the Chris Paul effect is real. Um, I think now I will say this: if Denver had Jamal Murray, I would put this as a four-game series, and Phoenix would be done because I think Denver was heating up at that time. And I, you know, we both talked in length about how we hate to see him get hurt, but I think this Phoenix-Denver series, um, you know preview of my hot take here but i think phoenix has got a lot of work to do but i think this could be a big pivotal moment in a lot of people's careers in this series on that phoenix team oh yeah no this was awesome and game one did go to the suns uh my big mvp guy which uh breaking news it might not be that breaking uh jokic is going to win the mvp but uh, game one last night or the other night chris paul uh, really needed to come on strong for the Suns at the very end. And he was the most valuable guy on the court. I've kind of held all season long that, you know, the part of the beauty of the Suns is that Chris Paul might not be the best player on his team because that probably belongs to Devin Booker. I am starting to, that take is starting to not age as well. Devin Booker is probably the most talented guy on the Suns, but uh, when you add everything together and all the things that Chris Paul can do, it'll just be really interesting to see how this all plays out. And, you know, let's be real. Denver's not at full strength. They don't have Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. And there, there's just a, a ton of questions that I think Denver is still trying to ask. It's definitely going to be an interesting series. We're going to pick all these series later in our show during our pick segment, which is always at the end. So make sure to stick around tonight. Um, Connor, I want to give us a live update before we talk about this next series out in the East. And currently right now, it is Philly 33, Atlanta 25, with 10 minutes and two seconds left in the second quarter. Um, You know I've given a lot of opinions on Atlanta, and I think that we're starting to see a team that is really, like, stepping up as the next team. You know, Joel Embiid, of course, is back. Um, Atlanta took the first game. And while Philly leads right now, you know, three, six weeks ago, we probably could have said it would have been Philly in four. But how do you feel about this Hawks team that's really starting to prove themselves? You know, the fact that not just that Embiid played, but had 39 points and the Hawks still won game one, that's wild. Uh, Because it's a partially torn meniscus, I mean, you can't really just kind of give that rest. So I could understand why Doc Rivers played him. I mean, Embiid's just going to probably have to get get his knee scoped, um, you know, by the end of the uh, at the end of the season. I want to believe in the Hawks. Uh, I'm starting to come around on the Hawks. I think that Philly probably kind of got their cage rattled a little bit. I think Philly is still the better team with more to prove, but I think that you know the Hawks are playing with house money. And that's showing Philly, Philly, you know, could very well still be a little tight and still not quite know what to do or where to go or how to do it. But um, no, I, I game two is tonight. So, you know, you read the score and that's, it's pretty tight score. So we'll, we'll see how this game continues to play out. Believe in the Hawks, believe in what they have going on. Um, 
I don't think it's all going to be Trey Young because I think Doc Rivers and Philly is going to plan for that. But there's a, there's a big opportunity for something to go on there. Speaking of big opportunities, there was a big injury in this final series that we need to talk about, which is the possibly revamp with some depth Milwaukee Bucks versus the basketball machine build of the Brooklyn Nets but not all of Brooklyn is 100%. No, yeah, James Harden uh, got injured game one pretty early on. Here's the thing, though. The Nets still won pretty comfortably. This series, uh, game three is on Thursday. The Bucks are down 0-2, and... You know, this is kind of like the Madden rule that I know, Rutledge, you're anti-Madden rule, even though the, the Bucks, the Bucks circa NFL proved you wrong. Uh, you know, Brooklyn trying to put a bunch of studs together. The big stud and a, and a big shout out does go to Blake Griffin as uh, I believe, what is it? In game two, he had 18 points and 14 boards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he came to play and he, he really had a, uh, a big game and a big night, you know, it, it's looking like the Nets don't need James Harden to win this series. Will they probably need, you know, will they probably need James Harden to win subsequent series? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, but right now it seems, who knows, maybe we'll get back together next week and this will not be the case at all. But, you know, right now the just pure talent on offense that Brooklyn has is just too much for Milwaukee. Uh, you know, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are, you know, they're, they're nice role players, but they're being asked to probably play in more important roles than they need to be playing in. So, yeah. It's a, with a 39 point loss where the Nets put up 125 points on Monday night and the Bucks only put up 86. That will give you this stat that will show that while I do believe in this Milwaukee team, they really have to change the game into what you were saying with uh, Middleton and Drew Holiday. Out of the four players that led their teams in scoring, Giannis had the lowest amount of points for a scoring leader and as a game leader in all of the NBA that night. He only put up 18 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists. Kevin Durant put up 32 points and four rebounds. And then we have Joe Kitch who put up 22 points and Chris Paul who put up 21. In a team that is with, I know it, you know it, everyone knows it. The Bucks need Giannis to do well in a team that's built for that. They can't have nights like that because this Brooklyn machine, Jay-Z is going to write rap songs about how this Brooklyn machine is going to beat the Bucks if we don't watch out. So huge on that, but loving this playoff series, having an absolute blast watching it. Um, Connor, do you have any final playoff thoughts before we go into halftime hot takes? Because this halftime is going to be, oh, it's a heater. Always a heater. You know, what's interesting is if you think about, if you, if you think about this, if you look at each of these series right now, and it'll be actually really interesting to follow the ravings of this. You got a, a bunch of studs in Brooklyn, although Harden is hurt. The Lakers are out. So LeBron's out. Steph Curry is out you know, because uh, the Warriors are out. Uh, Embiid is hurt. Jamal Murray's out. Uh, let's see, you know, Chris Paul might be the biggest kind of old, you know, Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard might be the 
two biggest stars left, or I guess Kevin Durant and Kyrie. So Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Chris Paul, and um, Kawhi Leonard are the probably the four biggest stars left in the playoffs right now. And that's really weird to not say Steph Curry or LeBron James. Mm-hmm. That's my last thought. It's definitely a time where maybe we're seeing some evolve with some newer stars in the NBA and just trying to see. Um, I like that you have some younger stars that are really starting to get some attention. So that's our first half of our conversation. Now we go into our halftime hot takes. And this one is inspired. Uh, you have no shameless halftime plug. The, this halftime hot take is inspired by ESPN reporter Stephen A. Smith, who's known to yell a lot on TV. But he was asked the question, and if we could afford the soundbite, we would play it. But he was asked the question, will LeBron James win another championship? Maybe, now, real quick, maybe we can get Daryl Moore to be our friend. So then we could just play the soundbite and he could pay our fine. That'd be, I think that's what we need to do. We don't that'd be need, a great idea. Let's we don't need to have money. We just need to have friends with money to pay the fines for copyright materials. Yeah. And then we'll get kicked off Facebook again. Oh, Facebook. Oh, Facebook. But this halftime hot take, Connor, putting it out there is, I believe he just said it with the Lakers, but we're going to go even hotter than Stephen A. Smith. And we're going to say, Will LeBron James win another title ever in the NBA? Now, this is not, this is saying as a player, if he goes to coach, which I don't know if he would coach, it's not going to be Steve Nash, but will he as a player win another title? We have a bunch of viewers here, so we want to see your comments as well. If you think LeBron James will win another title, drop those down in the comment section. And I'm going to even send a little message to our chat. And that's going to be awesome. And I'm going to chat just a little bit so you don't have any dead air. Okay. I like and watching I your fingers. The way my camera is set up when we chat because it looks like that Jim Carrey scene from Bruce Almighty where he's pecking away at his computer. So I like the Jim uh, Carrey I, scene in Ace Ventura, Pet Detect- uh, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls when he's using his hands on the uh, projector screen of the guy. Yes. Yes. That's a better Jim Carrey hand scene. Ace Ventura pet or when nature calls so good. So will LeBron win another title? No, LeBron is entering many stages of his career. He is entering the old European stars who play an MLS portion of his career. When David Beckham was 35 and was into just living, you know, doing the LA thing. When Ricky Kaká came to Orlando, he had flashes of brilliance and that was great but teams were really still trying to be built around them and that just wasn't working. So I don't think that LeBron is going to be uh, winning another title for the rest of his career. He'll probably, he'll still get into the playoffs, but um, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Okay. We have Crowhe TV said that he will 67% chance. He will give Brony his first title. Bronny, his son, little, Bronny. little little LeBron Jr. Bronny. See, I'm need, I'm good. I at... need a little buzz. I need a little ding when you mispronounce names, Rutledge. We really need a sound effect when I mispronounce names. Come for the friendship, not for religious pronunciation. Can I can I say something kind of funny? Can kind I ask of. you kind of a funny question? Please do. What is the name of the federation that the men's soccer team for the United States plays in? Kanafka. Ding. 
Ah. And I've practiced that. Oh, man. Well, will LeBron win another Conca? title? Kafa. I can pronounce names of towns in Georgia that you can't pronounce. I can do that. That'll be, that'll be another show one night. That'll be another show. Rutledge pronounces sports names. Connor pronounces Georgia names, and we'll see. There's a summer show for you. Tune in. Um, CONCACAF. It's CONCACAF, right? You got it. Nailed it. All right, it. I finally got it. Yeah, look in the chat. There's a Georgia town name for you to pronounce correctly. Crohe TV dropped it in the chat. You can pronounce that Georgia town name correctly for even. Oh, man. You know, I want to say Martinez, but it's probably nope. not Martinez, Georgia. No. But at least CONCACAF, you can pronounce it phonetically. That is, while spelt Martinez, that is Martinez, Georgia, which is actually kind of near where I live now. I live near Martinez. Martinez. Um, but this is going to be the longest halftime. This is going to be the longest halftime hot take segment that Connor ever cuts. So in going with that, will LeBron James win in their title? Um, while instead for Bronny, you know, we say for Bronny, I'm also saying no. And here's why. In LeBron James's press conference that Connor and I both watched, where he spent more time plugging his movies and plugging his success for his next coming seasons, he spent a lot of time talking about getting Anthony Davis healthy. And I think it's gone that, and we saw, and we'll talk more about what the Lakers need to do as an organization in our third quarter. LeBron spent time talking about getting someone else to support him or that he can support healthy. Well, that just makes him not like a Chris Paul, but that means that he's not carrying the load on his back anymore. Could this get sweater get unraveled and saying, was LeBron ever going to be the guy to carry it all by himself because he had to have Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch and Paul Pierce and the Birdman in order to win a championship. That's a show for another day. But um, the legend of LeBron James, not like the legend of Michael Jordan, but the legend of LeBron James kind of took a little bit of an L to see him get hurt, bow out, not be as competitive, where while a different sport, older athletes in some sports are showing there still can be dominant in certain games. Um, Wayne Rooney, Tom Brady come to mind. I don't see him pulling it out. I think he's going to start to become a hindrance on the court and it'll start to look like Michael Jordan on the Wizards. So I'm saying no. Mm. So hot in here. So hot and distracted. Well, let's oh. move on to our third quarter. Let, let's run through some, uh, let's run through some teams that you know made the first round not the play-in tournament but made the first round and let's kind of let's kind of do a little rapid fire back and forth here Rutledge what are some team needs that the teams lost in the first round you know what's like a big question or storyline or you know what are we kind of following to see how they can continue to improve Need to see Mem we're going to start let's go with Memphis I think Memphis needs to get someone that can be a really good arc shooter um, a lot of where they struggled in their last playoff games is they just couldn't get those shots to go in. Ja Morant is a good talent, but they need someone that can, as he even tried to shoot or other people, they didn't have that depth that even older Warriors team has. They just need to be able to make those shots. Yeah, Memphis, three words. Grizzlies, grind, always. Three words. We need a 
Memphis Grizzly. We need some guys on that roster to continue to add just grinders, uh, but grinders on defense, kind of a three and D kind of guy. That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Memphis needs the three, you know, some more three and D kind of guys uh, that can come in and continue to spread the floor for John Morant uh, for his star to continue to blossom. So next up, we have Dallas. Rutledge, what do, what do the Dallas Mavericks need to do? They need one thing and one thing only, more supporting cast for Luka. They need to get it. Luka's great, went on a huge run, but it's right now in this league. Um, you can't have one star. They have to be others. I don't think you need to do a lot. Lucas is kind of like a Giannis, a, a Giannis. Luka is like a Giannis to where he just needs a few people around him, but you just got to find some help. Luka, of course, is a little younger, doesn't need as much help. Although Luca's younger, remember he was playing professional basketball at age 14. So that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. I was still afraid to talk to girls at age 14. Luca, yeah, they need help. And three words, Dame Lillard sweepstakes. Oh, no, you didn't. The, the port or the Dallas Mavericks need to be in that Dame Lillard sweepstakes to try to add a really good piece, take some pressure off of Chris Dops. Definitely. Connor, are you out there? All right. Well, Connor's buffering. So I'm pretty sure he's going to come back. So I'm going to cruise the way here and keep on going. So outside of having that we had Connor mentioned the Dame time sweepstakes and talking about that Dallas gets Damian Lillard I don't think it's Dallas I really want to see Dame time game time go to the Lakers they need a third piece where you can maybe put AD more in that big man role and leave him kind of down in the paint to finish LeBron James while he's never been the pull-up shooter to run the perimeter Damian Lillard's kind of that fast speedy piece um, that you can come into. Of course, we know that Damian Lillard has put out there that he wants to trade. He wants to go. Um, I think I could see him being a Laker more than I could see him being a Maverick. Now they're going to have to figure out how they're going to support, how they're going to report him. Does LeBron James take a contract reduction? Um, what can they do? There was a great Scooter Magooter skit where if you don't know him, he's a YouTuber out of the Orlando area. And he had a really good take on saying, hey, um, you know, we didn't help Dame. We did nothing to help Dame. Why couldn't we help him? So I like that idea. I think it'd be super funny um, to get Dame into Los Angeles and kind of go back off of what that said. But that's the direction I would go with sort of Dame game time is let's bring him, let's bring him to, to Los Angeles. Let's make him a Laker. Um, let me see if we can get Connor back in here. I'm going to hold really quick. We're going to pause. 
I'm going to send Connor my meeting information, see if I can bring him back into the show. I want to know what you guys think. Draw some stuff in the comments. You know, where do we think that we see, um, where do you see Damian Lillard going? He did come out and openly say he wants to be traded, that he does not want to keep raising these exceptions. You know, is this a bad use of Portland as a franchise, which is a more small market team? Is this a bad use of having Carmelo Anthony on the roster who gets a lot of hype for who he is, but doesn't produce as much as what he's told that he gets to produce. So there's a lot of different stuff that could happen with Damian Lillard. I think he will be the big news story that tracks. So I'm saying Damian Lillard needs to go to the Lakers. Um, as for Portland, they're going to have to figure out what to do. If they trade Damian Lillard, who do they get? Do they go in after draft picks and try to get, um, try to go into the lottery? which that won't, doesn't work the same as in other leagues. Do they go out and do they really just sort of gut the roster, get rid of Damian Lillard, get some other players, really try to build over? Damian Lillard is a top talent to have. So who knows what they're going to do or where they're going to go. But that's up for Portland. Going to keep cruising along. Um, Washington. The Washington Wizards busted back, came to the playoffs. And as they came back, busted back in and came to the playoffs, they had, wait, hold on. I think we have him back. I think we got back Connor. I think we got him. This is not the night for technology. Real friends, real sports, real glitches. He's lying. He's coming in, people. Connor is back. Give him a shout out. Good to see that he made it. Connor, are you out there? The moment of suspense. Is he coming back? Do we know what we're doing? Do we need to get better Wi-Fi? Connor, are you alive? Did you go for snacks? Well, I can see his face. Okay. Wait, are you there? I will say the chat is blowing up with just people ripping Gotta love pieces. technology, everybody. Playoffs, and we have struggled. So. All right, Connor. We are very excited to continue everything that's going on. While you were away, I want to fill in what we talked about while you were out is you said Damian Lillard to Dallas. I said Damian Lillard to the Lakers. And I think the, that Portland needs to offload Damian Lillard and they need to I'm sort of make that. I'm like... Connor, are you back established? Oh no, we're just going to keep going. You're back. You're not back. All right, so we're going to keep moving on. But anyways, there's a lot to do in the NBA. Um, I want to keep going on and keep going with teams. So the Washington Wizards. You have Russell Westbrook, who we mentioned has got a couple years left on his contract. You have Bradley Beal, who's there. They need to get in 
someone who's an off-season group to just sort of be a little bit of a piece because while those guys, Russell Wellsbrook, set the triple-double record and they're putting up 30-something points, there's no one else to kind of contribute to that team. Um, they made some playoff moves, and what I liked about it, besides the fan that ran on the court, the fan base in Washington got excited. So that is what we like to see. I think they just need to kind of make the system work, maybe having entire offseason, some time to recover. Can Washington kind of figure it out? Can they bring it back together? Um, moving on, two, three more teams to go. So we're going to take it up to the Big Apple and talk about the Knicks. New York Knicks with Derrick Rose made the playoffs. They're there and they made their way in. Is this the start of a good New York Knicks? Was this a fluke? You know, we did have one of the kind of contenders at the time was the Orlando Magic. They got rid of everybody because they had some injuries and they had some salary cap issues and some roster issues. So they just decided to trade over and start over. Are the Knicks positioned in a good position or will other teams in the East affect them? Um, they, had, they got in some playoff games. They got handled by the Hawks. So I believe it's because the Hawks are better than people are giving them credit for, but not as much. Continue this rapid fire down. Um, the Miami Heat, last year's NBA Finals, the Miami Heat. Miami Heat were in it to win it. They got completely destroyed by a Lakers team that was not, well, last year's Lakers team was built to win a championship because it had something that I believe is important in basketball, bench depth. They had strong bench depth on the Lakers, which is why they made handle of the Heat. The Heat ran into some COVID protocols. I think for one game, they had over 20 players out, right, Connor? I don't think the Heat had 20 players out. But it was a lot. Because you literally can only carry 12. I think 15 is the max. So I don't think they had 20 out. But yeah, I could I could see uh, them having some issues there. Sorry for the technical difficulties, everybody, but we seem to be back and better than ever. We are back and we are better. So to catch you up, Connor, I think um, Damian Lillard needs to be a Laker. I think Portland needs to start over. I think Beal and Westbrook need to make some strides and get an off-season grab this year to support them. I think the Knicks may be onto a question mark of a start, but it's going to depend on how the rest of the East lays out from the offseason. Any little takes you have on those teams? Yeah. Including the um, Heat. What do the Heat need to do to fix up? Because I really think they just need – they got bit by some bad COVID injury bugs, so I really think they just need to be fully all in, and then Heat culture can take over. Well, they, they also had the very truncated off season, right? You know, they played the Lakers at the very end of the season last year, which, you know, was, was an issue, uh, you know, working backwards, I think for the Knicks, you know, they need to find some more offense. This is an offensive lead league. Uh, I think they played awesome and probably played above their weight class, but they, they need to add somebody on the offensive side um, and have somebody that could tell Tom Thibodeau to quit worrying so much about defense. This game is about scoring more than the opposition. Uh, for the Lakers, I think that the Lakers could also very well go get Dame. I think that the Lakers and the Mavs are the two teams in the uh, in the Damian Lillard sweepstakes. In for Portland, you know the big question, right? I, I see kind of these teams 
Dallas, Portland, LA. Yeah, there may be, maybe a couple other I'm not thinking of, but it's almost like star realignment, right? I think we're going to see a little musical chair of stars going on. That usually means one team is going to get left out, but we'll see who that is. Maybe, maybe there'll be a four-team trade where Russell Westbrook goes to goes to Portland and Lillard goes to the Lakers and you know the Lakers give a little star power to the Wizards. Who knows? So that's how I feel about that. Uh, you know, as it relates to the Celtics, you know, kind of um, you know. It, they had they had a lot of injuries. Boston has just they've kind of been I don't know if it's snake bit or just there's been something that's been kind of goofy with the Celtics over the past couple of years. But you know one of the reasons that Brad Stevens is probably the head of basketball operations now is Boston didn't want to face him as a coach. So um, we'll see how he does in that basketball operations role. We'll definitely see it's going to be the culture of that and how do they sort of change. They've gotten so much off-season hype so many times, so how do they emerge? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what every team needs to do. And we're going to have some fun here in the fourth quarter. We're going to talk about some sports movies, and we're going to give our – we both have a top five. We're going to go from five to number one all the way down through them of our favorite sports movies. And uh, Feel free to chime you, in. Yeah. Tell us, how, tell us how we do with our takes. If anybody's out there still watching, if anybody made it through the technical difficulties, good for you. And we kept a lot of people through these technical difficulties. So thank you for everyone's support. So it's time to have some fun. Drop those comments in the chat of your favorite sports movies. We're going with our number fives. So I'm going to go with my number five. It's a good tale that's just told well. That, of course, is based on a true story. But I'm going to actually go with The Rookie as my number five sports movie. Kind of the sports movie that I remember the first time I watched it. You're like, oh, definitely. We were on a family vacation. We turned it on. And you like it. And it's a good time. You know, the first pitch that throws and the, the speedometer and the uh, speeding device flickers the light. He threw it a lot faster than he thought he did. The big moment. So that's my number five. I thought it was a good one. Oh, yeah. Baseball, move, baseball sets up for good movies because there's there's something a little magical about baseball. There's a little sprinkle of magic in, in baseball in real life, let alone in the movies. Uh, number five for me, I'm going Space Jam. Uh, classic 90s Oof. nostalgia. Uh, Bugs Bunny, uh, Bill Murray, Newman. Newman, for all those Seinfeld fans out there. Uh, awesome, awesome 90s nostalgia movie. A ton of fun. And that was actually a movie that my wife and I did a virtual movie night with a couple of friends during kind of COVID quarantine lockdown. Uh, we had some fun, watched Space Jam, and it was a good time. And that's the end of Friend Stream Sports, everyone. Have a great night. We'll never do this show ever again because I totally disagree with Connor. Oh. But it'll come up later. Wow. Number five? Number the five? There's, there's like 100 sports movies. To be in the top five is pretty good. That's the top five. We're disagreeing here completely. All right. Well, I'm going to go to number four. My number four sports movie is Miracle. The bonding around of the country. Kurt Russell makes a great hockey coach. The, the everything behind it, I think, is just an absolute story to where, to me, 
watching clips of Miracle, and then when they line it up with a radio call of beating the hockey game and beating the Soviet Union, just, ha, ah, it's, it's what sports is. It makes you remember, it makes you say, this is a movie, but it's real life. So, love Miracle. Oh, yeah. There's some about real stories that are a lot of fun. Um, for me, my number four movie is The Sandlot. Oh, a uh, that is, you got to have a baseball movie in your top five. That is, although it was a piece, another piece of 90s nostalgia. So, you know, my bias is probably more 90s oriented. That's still 50s and 60s nostalgia, really, right? You're kind of looking back into that yesteryear type of format. So many quotable lines, just a, another really fun, feel good sports movie. And I, I have the Sandlot coming in at number four. Killing me with Space Jam at number five, Smalls. All right, uh, number, three, number three, I'm sticking with the baseball and I'm going with a very, to me, this is the classic, uh, probably one of the classic 90s sports movies that sort of took you into the 90s world, made the magic of movies feel real. I'm going Angels in the Outfield. We the all flapped our arms. The original the reboot? The, the 90s reboot. Okay, that was, that was a fun one. That was a fun one for sure. Yeah. So uh, quick, quick shout out. Thanks, Crow. He giving us your top three between basketball, the replacements and Space Jam. There you well, go. Have you ever seen the replacements? I have seen enough of the replacements. That's a really good one. It Did is not a good make one. my top five, but that's a real I'm a big fan of the replacements. Uh, I've seen a lot of sports movies. I've, I've got a high bar, I feel like for sports movies. So the fact that you're giving me crap about Space Jam, still making it into my top five is well. Then what is your number three? My number three is a great love story. You're gonna, you're gonna just, you're just gonna turn your uh, camera off at this. Uh, Jerry Maguire comes in at number three. Uh, it's, it's a movie about sports. You, it, it fun. Uh, it, it's a good movie, but it, it talks a lot about family. Um, you know, kind of shows that agent side of the story. And my wife and I will, will sometimes when we're talking to each other, we'll do the Cuba Gooding Jr. line of uh, now we're finally communicating. So uh, I'm going to put Jerry Maguire in at number three. I think Betsy made you do that. We do. Betsy, I like rom-coms more than Betsy does. We should do Connor's top five rom-coms when we get into like August. No doubt, no doubt. So who's your number two, Rutledge? Space Jam. Right? It's not your number one. It's not my number Whoa. one. I have a better oh, number man. one. Oh, Space Rutledge. Jam. The number, my number one was a life-changing movie, and it's a good one. But Space Jam is such a classic sports movie. It came out at the height of the legend of Michael Jordan. Bill Murray coming in as a sub off the bench is just the most Bill Murray thing he's done in every He's the second, it's most Bill Murray thing he's ever done. It's my second favorite performance besides him in Ghostbusters to where he yells just cats and dogs getting along. So absolute clutch movie. Love Space Jam. I definitely have a Bugs Bunny jersey in my closet, um, which I bring out every Halloween. I'm going to have to do with my new place of employment. Uh, just such a good movie. I could go on and on and on. Nice. And I love the backstory from Last Dance when I was talking about Michael Jordan the way that he mm -hmm. invited guys out to LA and that kind of helped them that was at least the way it was portrayed kind of helped them get back into shape. My number two movie uh, is Miracle. 
Miracle is, I mean, that you want to talk about a David and Goliath. It's everything we love in sports, right? It's David and Goliath. It's you know, overcoming obstacles. It's coming together as a team. It's second chances and put that in the backdrop of the Cold War, beating the Soviets, um, you know, which it, everyone always forgets that was a semifinal game. But nevertheless, Miracle, my number two movie. Actually, when I was in high school, you know how you make your little high school quotes mm -hmm. in your yearbook? Mine was from Miracle. Great moments come from great opportunities. So uh, wow. got to give a shout out to Miracle. Beautiful. All so, right, my number one, you ready? Big moment, number one sports movie to me, the one that was the biggest sports movie for me of all time. And it's already in the comments. D2, The Mighty Ducks, number one movie, number one best sports movie, coming back, beating Iceland, ducks fly together, quack, quack, like Goldberg, knuckle puck time, just an incredible sports movie all together. Love D2, The Mighty Ducks. It was to the point, and I'll say I'm from Canada, and as a, as a hockey kid, like it made you kind of a sympathetic Anaheim Ducks fan for at least 18 months after watching that movie. So that's the best sports movie, period. Love D2 and The Mighty Ducks. Have an that's ice cream one. with the enemy. Ducks fly together. My number one really the number one all-time sports movie. And Rutledge, I have beef with you that this didn't make your top five. At least Space Jam made my top five. Rocky IV is without a doubt the greatest sports movie in the history of sports movies. Uh, the, the Rocky franchise, all of that coming together, uh, beating an unbeatable person uh, and doing it, saving America on Christmas Eve in Russia, it, it, it's it's the what it's the greatest made-up story in the history of sports movies, and I think it's a movie that has aged really well. You see some, you put on some older movies, and they don't they don't kind of age well. The effects are kind of goofy. That movie, you can put it on today. You can put it back in theaters today, and I think folks would really really dig it. So. Rocky it does have four. modern fitness equipment in it. Oh yeah, yeah. I get I get psyched up just thinking about Rocky Four. Well, we differed we differed a lot there, but those are our those are our top five movies. And we'll thank you, Crowheed. That's definitely the best Rocky movie for sure. Yeah, Crowheed. Crowheed just knows what we like. It's a good fan. All right. It's time for us to go into picks. For those listening to us on our podcast, we're live every Tuesday at 8 o'clock on Twitch. For those of you that came out tonight on Twitch, thank you so much for your support. Follow us on Twitch to you know whenever we go live so you can be part of our comment. Comment on our show and then find our podcast whenever you want to take us on the go. We're like a sandwich for lunch. We can go anywhere. Just keep us out of the sun. You know, maybe... Maybe we'll do like a halftime hot take of like, what, if you were a sports sandwich, what would the best sports sandwich be? Philly cheesesteak. Would it though? To be continued. I mean, That's I don't know if I was picks. at Gillette or Fenway and someone handed me a lobster roll, I'm not going to be upset. 
you know that's what i'm saying there's, there's a, a lot. lot there's a lot of options right that could derail us but no we got to stay focused all right time for picks it's time for us to predict our series um as we get ready i'm gonna go ahead and jump back in here into the nba and give us a live score update before we start predicting our series turned around go internet go behave with us tonight okay Ooh, here's a good one for you of course we know the jazz and clippers tip off tonight at 10 after connor's bedtime right now connor at the half philadelphia 76ers 57 atlanta hawks 55 hawks close the gap since we've been doing our show you're gonna be a close one is that where you went you went to go watch the basketball game i tuned in real quick got a little got a little got a little hot takes all right so now we're gonna pick it um and like we said the Jazz and Clippers start tonight. Connor, where do you think that series goes? Uh, so for this evening, oh, for the whole series? Whole series. I, for the series, I don't trust either team. I'm going Clippers in six. I'm also in the same, and the Jazz just haven't let me down yet, so I'm going Jazz in seven. And I'm writing this down. So we can see how we did. We have to maintain our pick integrity on this show. It's our pick New Year's resolution. We always break. Next game, next series, Denver versus Phoenix. As it stands right now, Phoenix does have the one game advantage. I'm going gentlemen sweep. I say Phoenix in five. This is going to be huge for them. I'm going Phoenix in six. I think Chris Paul, there is going to be a game where, you know, there's going to be a game where Chris Paul just kind of gets hurt and dinged up again and, then there'll be a game where Joker really, I mean, Joker really goes off. And I, I, I'm, I, but I think that the Suns are a lot better than the Nuggets without Jamal Murray in that lineup. Definitely. If Jamal Murray was there, what would you put that series at? I might give it to Denver. Actually. I would also, I would also give it to Denver. Yeah. Not give um, it to them. They'd have to earn it, but you know what I mean? Like I did Denver seven with Jamal Murray. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next is Philly in Atlanta. Like we said, Atlanta is only one, is one possession away from a tie game. I'm actually going Hawks and six. You know, the 76ers were a machine, and I think Joel Embiid, I'm pulling a Connor Bourne, I think Joel Embiid's still a little, you know, he's not 100%. He has to play. But I'm going Hawks and six. I think they're just, they are gelling. I, I'm picking, I think it's going to be a battle of a series and no you know what it's not gonna be a battle of a series i think that the hawks are flying high see what i did there Ka-ka, ka-ka. uh but um and this is if phil if philly wins tonight I, I i'd go philly in six because i think that the hawks would then get brought brought down to earth a little bit uh but right now the hawks are playing with house money but i think eventually talent the better talented team is going to win so philly and six philly and six philly and six all right last series for us to pick um and that is milwaukee versus brooklyn i'm going hot i'm going deep i texted Connor this he didn't even respond to me this week when i said this but i have a undescribable sports writer no knowledge opinion bucks and seven you heard it here first Wow. It's just yeah, cow I'm, going, out. I'm going Brooklyn and five. Uh, I'll take Brooklyn and five there. Can't believe you're going to do me dirty like that. Milwaukee and seven. I have a feeling. 
You do have that feeling, good sir. I have a feeling. All right, before we end up for the night, our last pick, of course, is the uh, this is the NASCAR All-Star Open in Texas, which is not the true All-Star race. This is the people that have not qualified. So it is some of your lower level, not lower level, but not as high performing NASCAR racers. But we always pick our poll winner. So I'm going to go with someone that needs a big sort of win and needs a big moment and take the poll. And this one is I'm going to say Bubba Wallace. Eric Almarola, because I love saying his last name. Almarola. Feeling you're going to take him when I looked at the entry list today. Yes. Eric Almarola. All right. Our show. That was a wild show. That was a wild, what a wild night. A lot happened. The internet didn't work. Connor went and watched the basketball game. I drank some water. We got in a fight about movies. We dropped a lot in the comments. Big shout out to everyone that came out on Twitch. What a fun night, though, with all the live viewers. Um, Make sure if you're out there in the world, like we said, follow, subscribe, support, everything. Connor, have any words before we go? Don't mess with the rankings of Space Jam, apparently. Don't do it. But for us, I'm Connor. And I'm Rutledge. And I'll talk to you later. Have a good week. Have a good night.